ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to these go to eleven. Once again, Nathan Bell, Steve Hartland joining me tonight. Steve, what's going on, man? Well, nothing much. I'm bachelor for a couple of days. My wife is down visiting her mother, and uh, I don't do well being a bachelor, man. I I'm not uh, an alone kind of guy, so uh, that's a little rough. But I'll survive. But man, just now the the unexpected happened to me when I heard your music start to play. Um, I got all choked up, man. I got like nostalgic and and a lump in my throat, thinking, "Oh man, I have." really enjoyed this podcast all the time and i'm not going to be a co-host on it anymore yeah man the time so that just is, hit me uh, pretty hard yeah it's a bummer the time is definitely um ticking down on here um you know super excited though that you know you're going to be on um you know switching roles as it were you know you're not going to be a full-time host but you're just going to be reverting back to your role uh before that which is part-time guest uh so you know definitely um you know excited to have you in that capacity um you know not leaving for good so really excited about that um you know definitely uh you know i know uh, i would miss you and i know our listeners would miss having you on if you couldn't do it at all so uh excited that you'll still be a part-time guest on here i'm happy thank you um we you know have some Business we are going to attend to uh, in just a moment, but first, uh, business of the podcast, as it were, want to once again shout out to uh, Mission Aware, our long-term sponsor. You know, Steve, we have Valentine's Day coming up just tomorrow. Um, you know, ladies and gentlemen, if you did not get your significant other something for Valentine's Day, it is not too late. It's too late to get it to them on time. Um, Wait a minute. It's not tomorrow. It's the day after tomorrow. It, it is, but when this podcast will drop, it'll actually be tomorrow. Oh, I'm sorry. So, uh, yes, you are correct. Uh, <laughs> right. We are doing uh, some behind-the-scenes work here where we are recording on a Monday night, which is actually unusual for us, Steve. We typically do record on a Tuesday um, and try to either release that Tuesday night or the Wednesday. But in this case, we are recording on Monday night, and we will do our Tuesday drop, uh, our traditional These Go to 11 Tuesday drop. And so because of that, um, Valentine's Day the 14th is on Wednesday, tomorrow. Um, as I said, a little too late to get them something in the here and now if you forgot. However, you could always go on to Mission Aware, buy them a great Valentine's Day product, and then print out a picture and let them know it is on the way. So it is never too late uh, to do something you know snazzy like that. Pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I guess – even one day shipping won't make it, will it? Yeah, yeah, no, a little, a little too late for that, especially when we're going to air this. Um, you know, we'll air this between nine and ten o'clock tomorrow night or Tuesday night. So yeah, it'll it'll be a little too late for that. But um, Steve, uh, what are, what are some uh, Valentine's Day plans you have with uh, with Debbie? You, this is Monday night. You said she's coming back tomorrow night. She'll be back Tuesday night, and hang on a second. I've got. I think. Let's see. Does she work? She works Valentine's Day, but it's daytime, so she is clear that evening. So we'll go somewhere. Okay, I don't cool. Know. Um, maybe not even out for dinner. Maybe just go out and have a drink together and enjoy something, okay. a little dessert. Nice. Is that, yeah, is that no typical thing. for but, you guys? But, but there will it is. But there will definitely be roses. Okay. And, and some kind of a gift, like maybe something from Sephora. Nice. She loves stuff from Sephora, man. So nice. I, I score when I get that. She's happy. Awesome. That's great. Um, yeah, we Joy and I typically, um, if there's a movie out playing that we want to see, we'll typically go out together and see something like that. Uh, In this case, I, um, Black Panther is coming out, but not till Thursday. So we're going to wait till the weekend and we'll go see our Valentine Day movie on Thursday. That works. Now, what's Black Panther about? I haven't even heard of it. Um, it's a new comic. It's the new comic book movie from Marvel. So like Thor oh. and all that stuff. So Black Panther is just uh-huh. another comic book character, but. It's uh it's pretty cool because Joy's actually into the comic book stuff, so uh-huh. um you know it's not it's not like one of those things where it's like oh you're getting the better end of that deal. It's like no, actually she enjoys yeah. she enjoys those movies as well. So you know we're Sweet. both going to go and enjoy it together. Um, but we figure probably Thursday night or Wednesday night we'll we'll go out to dinner uh, somewhere. You know the talks 
have been going on about, well, where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? So, um, you know, hopefully there's always uh, Chick-fil-A, you know, actually, Oh my goodness. It is absolutely hysterical (laughs) that you say that about, um, I think it was two or three years ago. We were trying to figure out where we wanted to go on our anniversary and we were just looking at each other and, trying you know trying to think of some of the you know the nicer places where we might spend you know 40 or 50 plus dollars on a meal or something like that and uh you know we were just like no i don't really feel like that i don't really feel and so it's like you know finally we just kind of looked at each other what do you feel like i don't know i'm kind of in the mood for a burger and (laughs) and joy's like you know what i'm actually in the mood for a burger too how about five guys (laughs) Uh, you went to Five Guys. Yeah, we went to Five Guys for anniversary for anniversary dinner. Did you tell them it's your anniversary and they gave you a free Coke or something? No, we didn't. We we're, we we don't tend to do that because uh, you know we figure, hey, if we can afford to go out, you know, we're going to pay for it. So um, we we kind of save those things for when we can't afford stuff like that. And it's like uh, it's Tuesday, right? I'm a teacher. I get free stuff, right? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so it, it is funny that you said that. So, um, yeah, so, uh, mission aware, check them out. Great, great products. And don't forget to check out the, these go to 11, uh, section of the mission aware page. Um, Steve, I have been teasing and hinting you and I were talking, uh, I think it was two weeks ago. We made the announcement that you, uh, were not going to be on the podcast for long. Um, and then last week we said, you know, we're in the process of looking for someone, I am so happy, so thrilled to announce that um, while I will be uh, missing you greatly, as I miss Greg greatly on this, uh, I'm very excited to announce that Zach Bartles of the Gut Check Podcast, Gut Check Press, will be joining as the new co-host of These Go to 11. Um, You know, I think that is a great pick. I think you and he together will be a fabulous team and will really bounce off each other and you have gifts that will complement each other. And I, I think that's pretty incredible. Well, thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to wait till uh, Zach's on so we can tell the full story of how it happened. But essentially, it's something I had been throwing around in my mind for a little bit and uh, ended up sending a message to him and he was uh he was thrilled to uh to be able to wow. do it but um there there is a funny story that's going to go along with it but I'll wait until he comes on to uh to intro that so um Where does he live? Is he in a different time zone than we are? He is. Yeah, he's actually out in Michigan so he's an hour mm-hmm. uh behind us. So um, you're going to have to work hard on the uh technical side of being able to have two callers in at one time yes host and somebody else you might be interviewing for example yes that is um that is something that uh we'll have to work out the details i think i've solved the problem with skype um when i did the phil cook and um jonathan um bach um is that right sorry i don't have my notes sorry guys i don't have my notes in front of me um (laughs) but when i did um when i did that uh two weeks ago um or yeah two weeks ago or last week whenever it was that interview with them um for their um for their book um i had both of them on at skype at the same time so they were in different areas it worked it doubled yeah it it worked awesome um, good to hear that Yep. So it might be a little bit of work, you know, telling somebody, uh, can you back away from your microphone a little bit? But um, <laughs> other than that, yeah, it actually, it worked out beautifully. So I was very excited, um, that that did work. So, um, I think Sweet, that's man. how I'm going to run it. Um, the Skype calls seem to be working. You're on Skype right now, Steve, um, which, yeah. uh, is actually a very nice and clear call. So it's uh, clear, isn't it? Yeah. Good. Perfect. So looking now, forward to that. Without saying too much about him, because I know you want to say more later, but uh, he's written a few books, hasn't he? Yeah, he's written uh, he's written several books. Um, he he and his um, partner uh, Ted Cluck run um, Gut Check Press, uh, and so they've co-authored several books together. He's authored several on his own, uh, as well as um, some other projects he has in the mix. Uh, he has his latest podcast that you and I interviewed him on back in the summertime called Clinch, which is. Um, a really great kind of 
starter, you know, for people who are interested in writing and getting uh, getting them familiarized with, um, you know, readings and publishings and when to self-publish, when to go, um, you know, professional big publisher, those types of types of things, because he's, you know, been on both spectrums. Um, so, yeah, he's, you know, uh, great, uh, fantastic author. Um, his books have The Last Con. And, um, excellent. And his books are fiction, aren't they? Um, yes, I believe he's actually written um, both. He's written fiction and nonfiction. And non. All right. Yep. So, um, well, that's right. The Gut Check Guide to Publishing is yep. one. Yep. Yes, that would be nonfiction. But Playing Saint and the La- – I'm looking online now. Yep. Playing Saint and The Last Con appear to be the two fiction Correct. Uh, yes, and those were his um, those were his bigger books that um, the pub- he had his bigger publishing contract with, and mm-hmm. um, did not um, he did not release those under the Gut Check um, press. Uh, but yep, nice. yep. So super super excited to be having uh, Zach on here. So great co-host, man. Good choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Steve, one of the things that um, want to kind of transition into is. Uh, you and I had a conversation when we did our Super Bowl uh, football one last week talking about the Olympics and sitting down and watching the Olympics. Uh, I wanted to bring this up for two reasons. One, uh, I've managed to catch some of the Olympics. Um, excited to talk to you about that. The other is there was a These Go to 11 reference on the Olympics. And so I wanted to make sure that I brought uh, that up. Was it really? There was. It was actually, it was, this is Spinal Tap. Um, uh-huh. So, you know, the the um, anchor who was doing the interviews and things like that was talking about, you know, in a reference to this is Spinal Tap, you know, they got to dial it up to 11. So I was a little disappointed <laughs> that she didn't uh, quite get the quote right. But, um, oh, you know, oh. still very cool that the, uh, the reference was out there. So um, we're in the Olympics, baby. Hey, man. The uh, number of listeners are going to just shoot up exponentially. That's right. <laughs> um, so, Steve, just uh, talk to me a little bit about what you've seen and observed in the Olympics. I'm interested to get your thoughts and perspective. You said you did uh, particularly some downhill skiing. Um, now, the skiing was postponed, correct, the downhill skiing because of weather? Yeah, I have weather. not seen any downhill skiing. I'm looking forward to it, but haven't yeah. seen any. But um, yeah, talk to me about your overall impression so far. Um, tell you know, talk to me. You said you saw some of the opening ceremonies, which I did as well. Um, just you know, things that were kind of running through your mind generally. Yeah, well, you know, when you watch the opening ceremonies, and I only I only uh, watched a little bit of it, mm-hmm. uh, but when you watch it, um, it makes me think anyway about how you know this is ancient man they were doing this Mm. in olympia greece Mm -hmm. in the 700s bc yes down until the 300s bc and then it faltered for a while and then it came back again and that's just incredible i mean this is an ancient thing still going on nations coming together competing in various ways i love that yeah you know i i just there are certain disciplines of athletics that I love anyway, and some of those come out in the Olympics, so especially Winter Olympics I love. Mm-hmm. But then uh, even the modern Olympics, I had to look this up. I didn't just know this. I'll be, you know, I want to be honest here. Uh, began in 1896. Mm. That's a long time ago too, man. And they've yeah. been around since then except a few breaks for a war here or there or whatever. But um, I think there's just an incredible heritage to be valued, appreciated, um, you know, to, to feel the weight of that. And when I watch the opening ceremonies, I think about that. All the people who have walked in and opening ceremonies before, all the athletes who have competed before, um, all of their training, all of their hard work, man, it's just an incredible event. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. You know, it's, um, you know, tradition, um, stands that, you know, Greece is the first one to enter into the stadium, um, because that is, you know, where it started and, uh, you know, who are, the hosting nation is the last to enter the stadium and then mm-hmm. they go alphabetically by the nation's alphabet. Um, so it's pretty, uh, you know, it's pretty cool to just see even in a consistent tradition, how different it can look and the feel of it can be, you know, uh, America was, you know, not first for America. It wasn't last because of the United States. It was kind of in the middle because of the Korean name for the United States. And so we were one of the middle states or middle nations walking in with our flag raised and, and waving and coming through. And 
it's it's really cool to see not just um, you know the uh, nationalism and the pride of your nation, but also the world has become such a small place seeing the athletes come together and encouraging one another and cheering one another on, um, is just, it's a great sense of unification as well, in my opinion. Yeah, totally. And I think was even so back in the 700s BC to the 300s BC when it ran back then, um, a, uh, I don't think they actually suspended wars, but they allowed people to travel in safety to mm-hmm. get to the Olympics. You could travel through war zones or whatever and, and not be taken out because they wanted you to get to the Olympics. Yes. Um, so that, that's pretty cool. Also, I really love that uh, some of the ancient events in the Olympics were uh, wrestling. That's pretty cool. I like yeah. wrestling. Yeah. But then they had this this thing that's as close to MMA as you can imagine – yeah, and it was called the Pancratian. It's the all fight. Yeah, the all fight, and by all fight that means you could strike, you could kick, you could uh, submit. Yep. So you could pretty much do anything you wanted to. Uh, I thought that I think that's cool. And then they had horse and chariot racing events. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Can you imagine watching a chariot race. Yes, yes. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you know, you go back and watch Ben Hur, and you see chariots going fast. It's pretty wild. Yeah. No, it's, it really is, you know, just a great thing to, um, again, just, you know, millions of people around the world are watching this, you know, talk about, um, talk about water cooler conversation. Uh, You know, this uh, is just one of those things where, you know, at some point in time, the people who you're working with, the people in your neighborhood are catching parts of the Olympics in one form or another. And so just being able to, you know, have a conversation with them about that. Um, and, and again, that unification of what's going on around the world is just uh, fantastic. Yeah. Pretty nice. Pity. It doesn't turn into other kinds of real unification that's lasting, yeah. but yeah, at least for these brief moments, we all kind of get together on something. Yeah. Let me, um, let me ask you about that actually, because you know, this is, uh, this is one of the things that um, you know commentators were talking about is North and South Korea were marching in under one flag the the Korean flag and you know the um, the women 's hockey team were coming together as North and South Korea to play um, they you know they ended up losing, but they did come together and play um, and you know so there 's been all these talks about um, you know, hey, yeah, let's, you know, let's rebuild the nation. Let's unify the nation. And I've been seeing some different posts and memes going around, you know, the, um, you know, North Korea's intentions are like, yeah, I'm going to rebuild the nation, but I'm going to come down and conquer you in order to do it. That's you know, right. we're not, we're not going to rebuild this thing in, in terms of, you know, freedom and democracy. Not at um, all. You know, and so just, you know, wanted to get your thoughts and opinions. I mean, do you think this is, you know, for for North and South Korea, just, you know, um, politically just one big, um, you know, political stunt in order to draw people in and, and interest people and intrigue people? Or do you think this is a genuine attempt um, on on both sides? I mean, you know, I, I would like to think that South Korea, you know, they really do want to be unified, but they want, you know, they want their freedom clearly. Um, yeah. You know, your thoughts on on that and what's been going on there? I'm a little suspicious. Yeah. So yeah. this is pure guess. You know, what do I know? I don't know anything about sure, this. Sure, sure. But, but I wonder if it isn't uh, we can field much better teams and individual athletes if we take North and South and make them one. mm, mm. You know, much bigger pond to, to fish in. Sure. So maybe it's just that we, we'll be better athletically if we uh, if we unify here. On the other hand, there probably are some, at least there certainly are in the South, who would like to s- enjoy some kinds of oneness if we can, with the hope that maybe someday there really be will be such. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I have, I have mixed feelings about them coming in together and under one flag. Yeah. Because they're really not one nation, man. Right. Yeah. Wow, totally different. Switching gears slightly, um, you know, uh, Russia, uh, they've come in and they are not competing, quote unquote, as Russia. Um, they are competing as, or they're supposed to be competing as a straight up Olympic athletes. So if any of them win uh, medals, then it's the Olympic flag that will be raised. If any of them win gold, it will be the Olympic 
um, anthem that is played. Um, your your thoughts on whether or not Russia should have just been totally left out of the Olympics or should they have been given this opportunity in this way? Any ideas or thoughts on that? I think there, there have always, in my mind, there have always been some question marks about Russia's participation in the Olympics. Mm. Uh, some of the question marks have been over um, uh, illegal substances yes. being used to, to train up strong athletes. Some of the question marks have been over, um, you, you know, this is supposed to be, um, there, there, there should be a lot of, uh, amateur athletes involved in this yes yeah i I don't know if they have any amateur athletes involved in this ever it seems like they always have it would be like if we could take our basketball teams or our pro football teams to the olympics you know we'd we'd clean up man we'd wipe out right right and and seems like they have nothing but pros in this thing all the time so i've always thought their presence is a little sketchy anyway yeah yeah And, and and i think that's fair i mean you know i think some of these questions you know, are fair and contribute to the legitimacy of the Olympics and the spirit of what is supposed to be going on here. Um, you know, I think one of one of the great things that you see, though, is um, in this, athletes tend to push and rise to the occasion under the cheating. You know, you see. Uh-huh. You see the Canadians, the Americans, the other countries coming in and really putting forth the effort to, um, you know, show that, you know what, I, I don't need to cheat to win. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But and, Russian, Russian skating, figure skating, oh, yeah. <laughs> such a dominating presence. Like, it's like they're in the, uh, the Death Star or something. Yeah. They're so big, you yeah. know, you just can't even can't even compete with that. You can't even shoot shoot at that. Yeah. How do they do that, man? Is it just like that is a nationally beloved sport and so they feed thousands and thousands of girls and boys into it? Or is it you know Yeah. Yeah. Some other some other about. stuff going on. You know, and I think yeah. I think there's probably a combination of a couple different things going on there. I mean, you know, Norway is always favored when it comes to the cross ki- cross country skiing stuff. Did you actually did you see the men's Norway cross country skiing? No, but I would love it. I love that. Sport. Oh my word. It was amazing. Um, the yeah. if you get an opportunity to go back and watch it online, uh, I say go for it. The uh, what was especially amazing about this one? So the the man who won fell, um, and he was in completely last place. His pole no. broke, fell down, completely last place in the entire race. And Where's he from? He's from Norway. Norway. And this was, from what I remember, this was his first Olympics. See, for him to come all the way back and win then? Yeah. <laughs> just makes me suspicious. Is there something else going on in his body there? Because that's superhuman, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was absolutely incredible. And, but that's the thing is, you you know, you don't tend to, you know, hear about or or see scandals that are going on from Norway. It's just, man, these, you know, something like that. It's never questioned when the Russians win. It's kind of like the question mark pops up. It's like, wait a minute. What are they doing? You know, it was like Lance Armstrong in the tour, in the tour. They were just out to get him. Everybody else was doping too. There was, there was no big witch hunt on everybody else, but there was on Lance because he was the winner. Right. And they did get him. Right. Uh, Same kind of thing here, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But Hey, I, man, I love, cross-country skiing yeah by the way i have my, you, you'll think this is nuts probably or maybe you won't i have my own ideas about um performance enhancing drugs uh-huh. for for athletes like that yeah and they're they're still using them they're always using them oh there's yeah. always some way to stay ahead of the, the next test that's developed and to hide what you're doing from the next test that is developed and so on and so forth so it's just going to go on and on and on i think they ought to legalize it and then all the sports become so much more exciting because the athletes are so much more amazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, I actually, I really don't um, have an opinion one way or the other on it. I, you know, legalize it, don't legalize it. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, it, you, you just, you even out the playing field because people are always going to be trying to cheat and, you know, get yeah. ahead and get the edge. Um, yeah. I think if you people, don't cheat, you're just going to lose, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the people who overuse and abuse, 
um, you know, substances like that, you know, it's, it's going to ultimately be to their detriment. You know, it's, to me, it's no different than the person who goes out and, you know, is, uh, uh, an alcoholic, you know, we don't sit there and, and regulate how much a person drinks. We regulate when they go out and drive and things like that, but we don't regulate yeah. how much they drink. And, you know, that is to a person's detriment if they drink too much. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, to me, I think I think substances should fall under the same category as um, alcohol and drinking. I, you know, and what's interesting is I think yeah. if you, you know, uh, search around and do some research online, I think actually a lot of law enforcement officers are in that same boat where they feel like, you know, what we really yes. shouldn't be policing this. We, you know, this isn't any of our business. Just legalize it and let the natural consequences of people abusing it kind of fall into place. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Back to cross country skiing. Yeah. Um, you know, as a guy who, Debbie and I spent a year in Colorado. Uh, we were near Boulder, Colorado, and, you know, we went up in the Rockies a lot, man. This nice. was a long time ago. Um, we did a lot of cross country skiing where you'd ski up the mountain yes. for a long time, and then later in the day, you'd get to ski back down the mountain. Right. <laughs> Boy, it is, you have to be in incredible cardio shape to, to be any good at that. Yeah. Um, I have nothing but deep, deep respect for those athletes, same as I would for like a Tour de France level, level cyclist. They're yeah. just in amazing world-class cardio shape. Yeah. Well, and I would assume too, uh, you know, being in Colorado to boot, you know, you have uh, the thinning air as well. So it's not just oh, yeah. a matter of, you know, the the normal cross-country skiing, but you're also dealing with the higher altitude and thinner air that is taxing on you as well. So, Yeah, man. my – when we were out there, my dad was, I think, I think he was about 48 or 49 and he, he flew out there one time and, uh, I took him on a ski trip up a mountain and we ended up at a lake. I think it was called Hart Lake up at like, I don't know what it was, 10 or 11,000 feet or something. And man, he was sick. Oh, I bet. He was really sick from flying in at Ma- from Maryland where his house is like 700 feet above sea level. Right. Right. Uh, going up to that attitude. Oh boy. When we got up to the top, there's a little hut up the, up there. We went in there and made a fire, and he just sat with his head between his knees for a long time. Oh man, <laughs> that's attitude for you. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh man, goodness. Yeah, it's it's funny because Joy and I have talked about that. We would love to live in an area where there's more winter stuff going on. I mean, you know, I grew up in New Hampshire, so I. Grew up skiing and sledding and, you know, doing Uh all that stuff. Did some cross-country skiing, did some snowmobiling, you know, so I love that. And Uh Joy and I have often talked about, you know, going and, you know, searching for a place like that again, you know, because, man, can I tell you what? I, you know, I don't, I don't get depressed at wintertime. I love the wintertime. I love the cold. I love the snow. It's just, it's one of my favorite times of the year, but this weather that we've been having has just been depressing. (laughs) It is February and we are getting buckets of rain and I'm just like, man, yeah, yeah. It's like, I can, I can handle snow and I can handle tons. I mean, the more snow, the better. I mean, you know, drop, you know, five, six feet on top of me. Oh man, I'm good to go. I love it. But this Oh, this is unbelievable. It's like I, I don't want to see rain until April or May. You know, uh, you know interesting you should say that because this is uh, – I'm getting this too far afield now I guess. But uh, like, like you, from my very youth, I have always loved, loved, loved the winter. Mm-hmm. And almost like the colder the better and the worse the blizzard is, the better. Yeah. I want to be out in it. I want to experience it. I want to feel it. I want to go somewhere in it. I've just always loved that, man. Yeah. Um, and, and I still do. But this winter has been really depressing to me. So you know what I did? Somebody recommended this, and I did it. I bought this light. It's 10,000 lux. A lux is a measurement of how bright it is, which is about uh, 20 times brighter than a normal household light. Okay. And every morning when I get up, I sit with this light to my right at about 2 o'clock for 30 minutes, and it has to shine into your eyeballs. It's got to go into your retinas. Um. I've been doing it for four weeks now. Uh-huh. I had been I've, I had been getting depressed a lot before that. I wasn't sleeping well before that, uh, and so I was tired all day before that. Since day one, using this light, I feel great. Really, I've not been depressed once. I'm sleeping uh-huh. way better. So, hey, if listeners out there are struggling with, it's called sad, right? Seasonal what a 
affected disorder. Yeah, something like Season- that. Yeah, something like that. So yeah. by the light, guys, it's like thirty bucks. Huh. Amazon. Fascinating. Yeah. Hey, you you were talking about uh some of what you did in the in the winter and you would sled, you said sometimes. So what do you think about luge, man? Oh man, it is it is really I you know, it is awesome. The the individual um luge runs that they do are crazy, yeah. aren't they? Man, and they're hitting like almost 90 miles an yeah. hour. Yeah. Laying on your back, peeking down over your belly and your feet. Yeah. Whoa, man, I love it. Yeah, it is it is cool to see, you know, those guys just, you know, they almost have to memorize those turns and how far and time oh, everything yeah. because, you know, yeah. I mean, even even bringing their head up just a little bit so that they can peek and see where they're going, you know, just cuts down on that much time, you know, yep. I mean, because these guys are with hundreds of a second of one another. Um, you know, so being able to keep your head pulled back, I I would love to be able to do that sometime. Love to be able to do that sometime. You know, there, there are a lot of things that I would try. Like, I think you heard me recently where I got to drive a scale down the formula one car Yeah, and and I was happy to do that. Loved it. If you offered me a luge, (laughs) no man, I am not going down that thing. Really? Or I'm going to sit up and drag my feet or something. that's so uh, funny like how to get killed in one easy step oh that is so funny well see and i think that's the thing like i i wouldn't mind you know wearing like the elbow pads and knee pads and stuff because i'm not i'm not doing this you know for uh you know for professional olympic meddling yeah. time you know but i i would love to pad all up and, and go down on that thing you got experience yeah oh yeah man i'll tell you what i'm impressed <laughs> <laughs> Now, I mean, going, you know, going down there, there might be one or two profanities coming out of my mouth the whole way now, but (laughs) holy crap. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, you know, I, I think, uh, I think getting down and, you know, surviving that would just be uh, fantastic. I mean that now, you know what, if they just had a long straightaway, Mm. I would, but those turns, man, I mean, you got to have a skill that you've developed, developed over time. And I don't have any of that skill. I'd kill myself in the first turn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing too, is, you know, understanding, you know, I I would want to clearly, you know, be taught how to, you know, how to do this because, you know, these guys are trying to, they're trying to whiz through this. So clearly there's a way in which you could do it slower and safer um, than what these guys are doing. Um, So yeah, way way slower. And we'd probably, you and I would be like 40, 50 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But you got to think about that. I mean, 50 miles an hour, that's, you know, that's trucking down the highway right there. Yeah. On a little sled. Yeah. Two inches off the ice. Yep. (laughs) What a rush, man. Uh, Hey, uh, you know, I've I've been a skier for much of my life, so I I love the sport of skiing. I am not particularly interested in freestyle skiing, though. Okay. I mean, I respect it and all that, but it just doesn't, it doesn't turn me on. I don't know why, yep. but I've also been a snowboarder in my more recent years. And so right now I'm looking at a picture of the, um, the, the half pipe yeah. that actually used these Olympics from someone standing down in the bottom of it, shooting up the side. And there's a snowboarder coming down the side. It is unbelievable, man. Yeah. <laughs> like a 40 foot or 50 foot tall wall. That yeah. you come down into the bottom of the half pipe and fly back up that wall on the other side. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, absolutely nuts. It's it's funny you say that. I actually um I never really got into snowboarding. I did it a little bit and just um I didn't enjoy it as much as skiing. There were, you know, a couple reasons. One is um it takes so much longer when you are um getting on and off of the chairlift. Oh yeah. Uh you know, for me yeah. on the skis just Take you know one foot out. Yeah. Scoot along. Yeah. And I I would go um I would go skiing. Um there would be a group of us who every year we would go skiing and then there would be a group of people, you know, friends who would be snowboarders too. And I'll tell you what, it was the most pain in the butt thing. Like, you know, we'd be sitting there letting people go ahead of us to on the chairlift and then we get to the top and it's like, we all want to go down together. All right, well, let me wait, you know, two or three minutes while you put your boot in and get ready to go. And, uh-huh. you know, or sometimes um, let's say you're halfway down the mountain and you decide, Hey, we want to traverse and get over to that other slope. Yeah. Well, the guy on the snowboard can't just traverse. He doesn't have any poles to push along with. He's got to pop out of one yeah. binding and. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was definitely one of the reasons why I never really 
um, got into it was that, um, you know, that time that it took, I just, I love being able to, you know, ski right up, get on the lift and then just ski right on down and keep Go, going. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So nice. Uh, how about speed skating? Oh my goodness. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, have you, totally have you been agree. able to see any of, uh, any I of I have it? not. I'm looking at some pictures right now, some photos of this year's speed skaters falling. <laughs> yeah. Those guys but, cut low to the ice, don't oh, they? Oh man. What a fabulous sport. And you look at their thighs, and yeah. I just respect that, man. These guys have some massive thighs on them, yeah, and they can really go fast. Yeah, they're trucking along, um, you know, and it's and it's so fascinating the techniques that they use, and you know, uh, trying to block one another and trying yes. to you know pass one another and get around uh-huh. that blocking, uh, you know, just absolutely tactically um, fascinating to watch oh, as yeah. well. Yeah, you got to. You, you have to make decisions about when should I attack? When should I just sit in? Yep. Uh, is it time for me to hit it hard yet? Or will I peter out before we get to the, the end and uh, so on? Yeah. Kind of like in cycling racing. Yeah. But, uh, man, I love what they do. And the, you mentioned the way they corner. Uh, the G-forces must be really exciting. Yes. Yes. I would love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're just – they're whipping around that uh, that rink, that um, that track, doing that. It's it's phenomenal to watch male and female yep. it is yep. it's great man now how about we go to the the sport of i was going to say the amazing but i shouldn't say that it won't be to everybody <laughs> of curling man what do you think of curling yeah you, you know, got this got this rock with a handle on top of it this polished rock yeah and you're sliding down ice and trying to get it to stop and a little target down there what do you think of that I, you know, it's funny because I haven't really watched enough to say that I enjoy it. I can appreciate it from the aspect of having to, you know, sweep and and move down the track with this thing in order to get the placement of it just right. Um, I, I can definitely see that there's some talent and skill in that. Uh, probably not something I'm going to go out and start participating in, though. <laughs> yeah like have you ever known anyone anywhere yeah. who, no i haven't <laughs> where oh, do they come from I right. don't know. <laughs> oh by the way i'm a curler <laughs> yeah oh you mean you do curls with for your biceps right your no 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 i slide this thing on ice so so my take on curling is actually more this year than prior years i watched some of it the other night i think it's awesome yeah uh it, it uh, I was telling you before we went live, it kind of brings out a part of me that usually doesn't even exist. I, I don't have any geeky about me. It just isn't there. But, but you know, this is a geeky sport, man. Curling, like you have to drive, you have to drive a Prius or <laughs> <laughs> did I just say the wrong thing? Or you have to drive a, you know, a Citroen or uh, right. some unusual car uh, to, to be a person who would participate in this sport. Uh, and then, you know, the way one guy's brushing in front of the thing to try yep. to direct it a little bit or slow it down. Yeah. Uh, it's just such a weird sport that I found myself fascinated by it and loving it. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things when you, when you read about it and you understand more of the dynamics of what's going on in it, uh, you, I think people would be more interested in it. I think, I think right now it's so new, uh, to the Olympics that, People are, you know, looking at it and it's like, I mean, relatively speaking, I mean, you know, I didn't realize that. Like, how new is it? Um, I am not specifically sure. Let me, um, while we are talking here, I'm uh-huh. going to do a little bit of uh, behind the scenes work and see if I can um, come cool. up with a, um, come up with when it was introduced. Um, so mm-hmm. as I'm sitting here, just wasting time talking, um, while, you're, <laughs> while you're doing that, I'll talk a little bit about, uh, okay. Ice skating again. You know, yeah, the most oh, yeah. popular, the most watched event is figure skating, of course. And I don't know, but probably couples is the most watched, the most loved. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the guy picks her up and tosses her in the air and spins her four times, catches her and sits her down again. It's just incredible watching that stuff. And they do it with, like, ballet moves and beauty and stuff and the grace about them. So uh, you got to love figure skating. And I have watched some of that this year. Debbie and I both watched some. She Debbie loves it. Nice. Like to her, that might be the only sport that even exists in the Olympics. Is <laughs> figure skating. 
It's funny when I was younger, um, that used to be what I, um, I, I was into as well. I loved the figure skating. Um, that was the main sport that I would watch. I loved the choreography and the music that, um, the people would, you know, introduce. I think a lot of it had to do with the martial arts, you know, choreographing something uh-huh. on that level and the movements that were done. Um, I mean, I still enjoy, uh, figure skating. That is, that is one that I will sit down and just watch consistently through. Um, I feel like, I feel like the sports become a lot more complicated than it used to be. And so it's lost my interest a little bit more. Um, really? Like, than, for example, what? Um, the scoring is different. Um, I think within, uh, I mean, I know within the past 20 years that the scoring has changed on it. Um, and so it just, uh, it just redid, you know, the technical aspect of it, um, what they needed to do in order to, um, you know, be precise with their drills and their movements. So, you know, they can do some fantastic jumps and things like that. But in terms of like basics and fundamentals, they're a little loose on, um, and, uh, you know, I, it's just, it's something, you know, just has a different feel, you know, and I, I don't know that it's good or bad. It's just, for me, it's not, it's not the figure skating that I remember growing up and watching. And so it has that very, uh, a very different feel to it. And, um, you know, I, I preferred what it was before that. Oh, interesting. So, I, um, I don't know enough about it to, to share that with you, but I'm believing you, but, um, you were looking someone up, did you? I find was, it? yes. So, um, so here we go. All right, men's curling was included in the Olympic programs in 1924 at the first Olympic Winter Games. It was then dropped and later reintroduced as a demonstration <laughs> sport in 1932. Between 1936 and 1992, curling was uh, staged at the games as a demonstration po- sport. Um, so, I guess it was um, 92. Uh, yeah, so um, in 1988 in Calgary and in 1992 in Albertaville uh, with both men's and women's events, um, it was in Nagano in 98 that it officially joined the Olympic program. Wow. So and here's another interesting thing about curling. I, I, I just looked it up too. It's, it's called one of the world's oldest team sports. It originated in the 16th century in Scotland where games were played in the winter on frozen ponds and locks. And the earliest known curling stones came from the Scottish regions of Perth and Stirling and date from 1511. Wow. That's pretty wild. That yeah. gives me more appreciation for the sport. Yeah. And I, and I think those are the things that really, um, that really do bring it out. You know, I mean, like just reading it, you know, oh, it was part of the Olympics at one point. It really wasn't in my lifetime until 98 where it was introduced again. You know, and so I think, I think those are the things that help someone, you know, appreciate the sport and what it, um, what it is. And I think, you know, even learning the rules and the reason why people are doing the things that they're doing, um, in the curling arena, you know, help to, uh, further along, you know, Hey, you know, this actually isn't as bad as I think it might be. (laughs) (laughs) Here's something interesting too. Uh, to this day, the granite used for the stones, the, you know, the thing that you're sliding on the ice Mm -hmm. is a rock with a handle on the top of it. Uh, the granite comes from only two places and they're both, uh, one is Scotland and the other one is in Wales. Oh, wow. Uh, One is an island off the coast of Scotland. The other one is a quarry in Wales. So that's the only place it comes from. That's pretty cool too. I'm, I'm liking this more now. Like I want to go buy a kilt and wear it and watch them <laughs> curling. I think the people should curl in kilts. Yeah, they should, man. <laughs> Bring it back to its roots. By the way, I've actually told Debbie, I shouldn't admit this. Here I am admitting it on the podcast that uh, I wouldn't mind at all having a kilt. And sometimes if we stop in at the Irish pub in Bel Air, uh-huh. Sean Mullins, I could wear my kilt, man. That would be cool. That would be cool. I was in Scotland. uh, I had better calves. It'd be really awesome. (laughs) See, that's the thing. Like uh, I've got, um, you know, my, my legs are actually one of, one of my best features because of martial arts. You should be showing them off. But uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of above the waist that it's, (laughs) it goes downhill. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, um, but yeah, I was in uh, Scotland, man. I guess it was uh, about twenty years or so ago, and I almost bought a, a kilt from Scotland. Um, but you know, at that point, I was uh, a little younger and uh, more poor, so couldn't really afford one. 
Yeah. Uh, mm. I've got a, a pastor friend. His name is Robert Elliott. He's from Scotland, but he's now a pastor out in California at a church I used to pastor. Um, and he got married in a kilt. Oh, you know, nice. The full, the full regalia, man. The whole outfit it was really cool. But here's the funny thing. He did not wear the Elliot kilt, the kilt of his clan, because really? he said, it's not that good looking. So he wore some <laughs> other clan's kilt. <laughs> not for vanity, man. Forget oh, my, my word. I want to look good. Now, here's my question. Was he married in Scotland or was he married here in America? Scotland. Really? And yeah. nobody killed him for that. Oh, uh, isn't that something? Wow. What's Scotland coming to? See, there's what's wrong with Scotland right there. I know. I no know. No respect for your clans anymore. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, here's another thing about curling. Oh, Where did the name curl? Why is it called curling? I didn't know this. Uh, you know, as the stone is released, you watch them let go of it and it starts to slide down the ice. It's given a rotation or a curl. Oh, okay. And then as the stone travels down the ice, it turns in the direction of the rotation. Like you spin it to the left and it'll turn left. It'll curl to the left. Fascinating. So that's where curling came That helps too. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I are going to end up being in some curling thing here soon if we keep talking about I know. We got to find a league. (laughs) A league. (laughs) Hey, let me switch subjects. Do you mind? No, go Um, for it. Staying on the Olympics, but I'm looking at the medal count. Wow. What's going on here? Norway, nine medals. Germany, seven medals. Netherlands, seven medals. Canada, seven medals. United States, four. Wow. Man, we're slacking. What's up with us? France, three. Japan, three. Sweden, two. Czech Republic, two. Let's see what else matters. Uh, Austria, one. Australia, one. Italy, one. Oh, that's kind of sad. Hmm. Hmm. Well, yeah, what's up with us this year, huh? Yeah, I mean, well, and it's interesting because you know you're you're naming you know the top, uh, you know the top uh, medalists uh, countries you know that have gotten the medals and things like that. I'm really not surprised by any of that. Really? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you think about you know the countries that are have the opportunity more so to be practicing year round. I mean, you know, the United States. Um, we have a boatload of money that we put into the Olympic program. So we're able to travel and do different things. But I mean, you know, these countries, uh, if you think about where they can divert their resources because they have snow more, you know, more throughout yeah. the year than we do. That makes sense. You know, uh-huh. it, it gives them an opportunity to, to do a little bit more, I think, than, uh, than some of the other countries, you know. And, um, and it is interesting because, you know, when you look at it, um, America will tend to dominate more in the summer Olympics than we will the, the winter yeah. Olympics. Well, you and you, you're, it bears it out what you're saying. Norway has nine medals there at the top. Yeah. Those medals are all in cross country skiing, yeah. ski jumping, biathlon. Yeah. Uh, ski jumping, cross country, ski jumping, cross country, cross country. Ski. Here's a speed skating one. Everything else is ski jumping or right. cross country skiing. So, yeah, that's like their national sports. This would be like football for us. Huh? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yep. And I think, you know, Canada being up there too, you know, I mean, Canada, I think people forget is just so huge with how, oh, yeah. you know, how large the territories are up there and yeah. how long, it, you know, I mean, I mean, it's so large that if you're driving, you know, from Washington to Alaska, you've got to bring extra tanks of gas to fill your car up because, huh. you know, there aren't enough stops along the way <laughs> in order that's to get you wild. there, you know? Wilderness, huh? Yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that. That's that's really crazy. I mean, it could have changed, but I, I, I remember growing up hearing hearing about that, you know, people having to bring extra tanks of gas because there's just nowhere to stop. I mean, you know, things are definitely becoming more uh, uh, populated, and so they could have, you know, I mean, somebody could have gotten smart and been like, hey, if we put a gas station here, we'll rake in the money, you know? So huh. You know, I, we should demand, just for it to be fair here, just to have equity among nations – we should demand that there be a pro football, American football, <laughs> pro football competition in the Olympics. <laughs> At least, you know, for the first 20 years of that, we would be crushing, crushing <laughs> everybody. 
<laughs> like they would die, all of their players. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it's it's funny that you say that because we were um, Joy and I were watching the Super Bowl, and uh, you know one of our big things is you know people in America all about football and you know don't get me wrong I can sit down and I can watch a game it's fine it's fun but you know it's like the uh, the NFL it's like we're world champions it's like <laughs> that's funny isn't it you're, you're the only ones that play <laughs> <laughs> I guess technically that makes them world champions yeah <laughs> it but is but it's just like you know nobody else in the world will even try to compete so we're world champions right right well but the thing is like it, and it's funny because i know that there are efforts in order to try to you know bring football into the rest of the world and you know bring up the sport and things like that i i don't know that it's going to work though i mean we're kind of sissies over here in america with some of that stuff i mean you look at rugby which is you know the closest to football that we get i mean they're Absolutely. doing all the same stuff but they're doing it without pads yeah, tough stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, if you think about it, it's like, why why would you give up a sport where you're all padded up and protected, you know, for a sport where it's like, man, I can really, I could watch somebody break their nose on this thing. This is now, pretty cool. Here's, here, here's a very not politically correct comment. So you can edit this out later if you want to. <laughs> so, you know, my dad, my dad's English. He's born and raised in England. His yep. whole family moved to the States after World War II. Yep. Um, and he's very American, has, loves this country, does not want to go back to England except for a visit. Right. But um, so he he knows uh, soccer, British soccer or football as they call it, and he knows rugby. Uh, he was raised in that land. He says the guys in England who played rugby tended to not be very smart. Really? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know, I'm big and I can grunt a lot, so I'll play rugby. Right, right. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it's just kind of like go out there. It's like you pound. <laughs> yes, that's right. Now, on the other hand, I know a pro rugby player in England. Ah, uh-huh. interesting, huh? How do I know him? His father, a man named Ashiel Blaze, is a pastor near London in a suburb of London, and I've been over there. And I met the son, and the son became a pro rugby player. Um He's he was not real tall. He's about uh, maybe five nine or five ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, but wow, is he massive muscle? Wow, just yeah. one big solid dude. And he was a pro pro rugby player until in a scrum they busted his femur, oh, and that ended his career. That's crazy. Yeah, that's super crazy. Anyway, and oh, well, what I wanted to say was, and he's a pretty smart dude. So he, uh, he's, if my dad's theory is right, this guy was the exception to it, man, that, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's really cool, man, Steve, this is, uh, this has been great. We've actually, um, it's funny because we had, uh, we had three things we wanted to talk about tonight. Yeah. What happened to the other topics? And, uh, (laughs) you know, well, we got to the two, you know, wanted to announce Zach Bartles coming on, you know, super excited about that. Yeah, man. Wanted to make, uh, wanted to talk a little bit about the Olympics, and when we started talking about, it, I was like, oh, you know, well, maybe fifteen minutes, you know, and then and then we'll move on to the other one. I don't want to give the other one away because I want to put it in the pocket for um, for next uh, week okay. for us. Mom's um, the word. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hold off on that one and put it in the pocket for next week. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. But you know, this has been uh, this has been great. I've really enjoyed talking with you and getting caught up. You know, for those who uh, you know, we don't we don't do sports um, conversations often, and I I really even wouldn't consider last week's podcast a sports conversation podcast. I think we were talking more about the context in which sports can be uh, a benefit spiritually. Um, and so, you know, to me, that's kind of how I view that, but this was cool, you know, just sitting down and hanging out, talking about, you know, the Olympics and what's going on. And, you know, I, I think for people out there, whether or not you care about the Olympics, I think it's a good thing to just sit down and watch for a little bit and see what people are talking about. Just be able to engage in conversations with people about what's going on and what's current and relevant in the world as it's happening. And I think that's going to open up opportunities for friendships and relationships and hopefully ultimately to be able to share the gospel with people. Nice. Go for it. So, all right, man, well, we're going to go ahead. We are going to sign off. Steve, we just rocked the Casbah. All right. These go to 11.